0: The Mr. Brown from the kitchen, you, you said it tastes like an old shoe? It tasted like cigarettes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I have for this show two things. Yes, All right. Leslie? Yes. To work? <gasps> two things. Oh, yes.
0: What are those two things, Leslie?
1: Two things are the colors of World War II mystery. Mm-hmm. And then the other one will be... Um, uh, Kodak films, mm. talking about the Color Plus mm. and the Proimager, cool. and a just a smidgy why it's called VR or when it was called BR, that mm. kind of thing. Work for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have. Re- Shut up! You're not agreeing to me. You're eating a cookie.
2: <laughs> so um, they were, and so the
0: and surprise. I'm going to be talking about Super 8. If you give them
3: a quick, sh- short, sharp shock, they don't do it again. Dig it? I mean, he got off light, because I could have given him a flash, you know, and I only hit him once. No.
2: No. 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 No.
0: Hello, my name is Michael Rosso, and this is the Film Photography Podcast, and I'm here with Leslie Lazenby. Hello,
1: everyone. And
0: Mark O'Brien. Hey there, everyone. And we have an action packed show, but let's start right with the action, if that's okay with you, Leslie.
1: I'm eating a cookie.
0: Okay. <laughs> How? cookies, okay? Probably I'm well. eating a cookie too. Mm hmm. Well, well, folks. What po- are these cookies? Podcast. Oh, these mm. are. Weren't you listening? <laughs> no! Dewey's Bakery from Winston Salem, North Carolina. Dewey's.com. D E W E Y S.com. These were brought over. A few shows ago by,
1: <laughs> Joby. by
0: Joby Joseph Brunges, who came down with a
1: 11 by 14 camera. Impressive. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Today I have my hot drink. <sighs> Two cups of good,
2: hot, black coffee.
0: The Mr. Brown from the kitchen, you, you said it tastes like an old shoe? It tasted like cigarettes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I thought the same thing the other day. I had a Mr. Brown cracker. It's
1: the the Brown, or the Blue Mountain version. Yeah, it it tastes really, like um, an
3: ashtray. And I'll tell you something else, too. The same thing goes for Christmas.
2: <laughs> well,
0: no, wait a wow. So we, rece- we received an email from, uh, what's the gentleman's name? Ken. 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 Not of Ken Films. No.
1: No, 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 no. Ken. Th- this, is, this is a... And
0: this is a fascinating topic. It really is. Because Ken had some films from World War II... And he wanted to know if he could tell... You
1: want to save it for the show?
0: Oh, we'll save it. And here's Leslie Lazenby, so I'm going to mess it up, to tell us about Ken Films.
1: Ken. Ken, he sends a letter and it says... I hope this finds you well. Can you please solve a 70-year World War II mystery? During World War II, all British tank regiments were placed into tank brigades, and they displayed a color diabolo on the tank for identification purposes. The colors used were yellow, red, green, blue, and black. Some later brigades had two colored diabolos, but this brigade did not. We have discovered a wartime Paperwork at the National Archives, which places three tank. Great. One document describes their Diabolo as being yellow, and another source describes it as being blue. Blimey. Some difference. Well, after months of research, we have discovered that this IWM image, and I don't know what IWM is, taken in November of 1940. Oh, no. Probably not. By war correspondents which uh, initially screamed yellow. But looking at old black and white film information on the World Wide Web, we now know that some colors could be distorted. Blast! (laughs) That wasn't in the script. This is all Ken's letter yet. We know the driver's beret is black, the tank is green, and the war office T numbering to be white. The Diabolo on the tank is clearly the same color top and bottom. And what a Diabolo is, it looks like a diamond, uh, shape, a triangular shape, not a diamond, I'm sorry, a triangular shape. And there's another one on top of it flipped around so that the points meet. I also have attached a worn, wartime Diabolo colors worn by the Chaps for you to have a look at as it might be helpful, he says. So the million dollar questions to ask you are... If the film used was orthochromatic, what color would yellow or blue be?
0: Man, that was a good question.
1: It was. Second question. If the film used was panchromatic, what color would the yellow or blue be? It would be super to identify the color of the Diabolo on the World War II tank, thus solving a mystery that otherwise may not be solved. Thank you for any help that you can give, Ken. Ken. So I printed the picture out for us to see here, just on my uh, crappy little laser, not through my photo printer. And I did send um, the color samples that he sent. And going back to the question number one, if the film used was orthochromatic, what color would yellow or blue be? Yellow, if it was orthochromatic, yellow would be lighter and blue would be darker. Number two, if the film used was panchromatic, what color would yellow or blue be? A little more complicated. Black and white panchromatic films did not see and convert the color to the same level of grays. So different films and different film families and different manufacturers saw colors differently. Example, I shot primarily Plus X when it was out, and then I rolled into T-Max in its heyday. And when I photographed a typical, typical Ohio landscape, light blue skies recorded as classic white skies on those Kodak films. If I used film, I believe at the time it was Agvapan APX 100, in the same situation, I would get a darker sky rendition. In fact, I got a sky rendition. It wasn't just white. So, even in black and white. We like, we like the look of the blue sky. Thus, I would grab the Agva film for those days, even living in a Kodak town. My point being, there again, that panchromatic films see all colors as shades of gray, but they do not see them all as the same shade of gray. So Ken would now say, blast. (coughs) Is all hope lost? Not exactly, but it's slim. If you have the original negative, you may have some hope of determining what film was used, and that may be a clue as to its rendering in the in the gray conversions. I'd venture to say most films at that time frame, especially with what was used here um were were for consumer or correspondent or correspondent photography, was probably pan panchromatic not an orthochromatic film but hunting down the original film negative or the technical data written on that film or even a print or a negative envelope is slim at best many times people in that era recorded technical data on the envelope time of day f-stop used camera used how they developed it could be clues there again you're lucky to have found the picture let alone probably ever seeing a negative Still, um, if it was used today, you would still have to find how many, what generation of that film. Because even as we change like different generations of plus X, the formula is different. It can reproduce things slightly different. And Ken is now saying, Blimey! (coughs) Ken, just as an educated guess, I would say yellow. Why? I got a reference of mud in this picture. I got a reference of a green tank. I got a reference of a skin tone. If you're curious about how different films, and we're going to switch this, we're going to shift just slightly from this, but if you're curious about how different films translate into shades of gray, you may want to invest in a color checker. Oh. This is modern times. And I'm going to just sh- shift my seat back for a second. I'll be back.
0: Okay. Why Leslie's gone.
1: <laughs>
0: and hey. she's back.
2: Yes, hi Leslie. Uh,
1: hi. I brought a color checker with me, so you'll have to just um take my word on that but the term color checker we often use as a noun um but it's also a trade name oh my god it is it actually is called a color checker it is called a color checker this happens to be an original Macbeth color checker they've been bought out by wright uh it now says x wright color checker but they would commonly use there are many brands of this and they called them color checker like we call kleenex is a generic term Oh, excuse me. Do you have a Kleenex? You give me a puff, so I don't think anything about it. The Color Checker Rendition Chart by Macbeth. Uh, I think it's a little bit bigger, maybe, than the version that I have now. But it is... It's pretty cool. You photograph different black and white films. It's... You know, I don't know that it was necessarily or originally used for black and white. Um, It's really used oh. very much so in <clears throat> cinema.
0: I've seen and, that all the time.
1: Yeah. Yep. This is... This is um
0: he, he, I saw a picture of the China girl, and China Girl would have this color color chart with a grayscale next to her.
1: Mm-hmm. Grayscale The color checker itself is painted chips. They're about, about two by two inches. And there's twenty-four of them on this one. This is kind of the industry standard. They have names on them. The names are things like human skin foliage flowers so it's (laughs) kind of kind of weird how they called them that but uh today it's incredibly valuable even still in digital photography throw one frame up hit the color balance on your computer on the white or the 18 percent gray or the black and then color correct for everything else and everything will just fall right into line for black and white, photograph it with different films. This would be a good project for Mark Dazelle after he's developing, mm. where he used all of those different um, developers. Photograph it with black, different black and white films, and you're going to get different colors of gray on here. If you look for one of these today, and actually there is a panel on that that is 18% gray, but if you look for them today, look for them in the X-Rite, the DGK, or the DLS Labs, they all make um, the spider color checker. They sell anywhere from 15 bucks to close to 100. The most popular, obviously, is the x right. It comes in around $80, and the tip, keep them clean, Never touch the color <clears throat> samples. They'll start to darken with your skin, with your skin oils. As you can see, that that even color with black and white can be complicated. So a color checker is a pretty awesome thing to have. I've had this one for many years. They supposedly have a two- or three-year life, but that two- or three-year life is because you'll wear them or change the color via handling. And I've always left mine in the original plastic sleeve. I've already sent this... Um, Text pretty much to Ken, and he said they got another clue, and he said they believe that it is yellow. So that was my thought. I think it's yellow. So that was a fun little challenge. It was a challenge. It was a challenge. A challenge. I'm seeing. Thank it. you, Leslie. So Mark, yeah, uh, what have you got for us today?
0: Oh, let's see.
1: Oh <laughs> my God, there are 147 public
0: posts for hashtag fucking crumbs. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's probably a band. Now, the easiest way you've ever seen to put good times in movies can be yours at the lowest cost in Kodak history. Just watch this. Here is a remarkable new electric eye movie camera from Kodak. It's the new Kodak Automatic 8, the lowest-priced electric eye movie camera that Kodak has ever made. Less than $50. It has a built-in electric eye that sets the lens automatically for correct exposure. It even warns you when there isn't enough light. All you do is aim and press the button, and whether your subject is in sunlight, like this, or in shade, like this, you get clear, bright movies of all your good times automatically to share for years to come. You'll find the Kodak Automatic 8 movie camera now at your Kodak dealers, where you see this camera land display. Why not visit him this week and see everything that's
1: new for picture taking. Hey, we're back. What's the topic now, Leslie? FPP's got some, in quotation marks, new color film. We do. New to us.
0: I'm, uh, every day, amazed, astonished. Uh, I, I would say bewildered, but I've been shooting the Color Plus and really enjoying it. Um, should I tell everyone what these two emulsions are?
1: No, I'll I'll do that. Can okay. you give me like three seconds here, though?
0: Oh, yeah, one. Okay. Two.
1: We're gonna have some dead air.
0: Wait, okay.
2: Living color, clear and bright. With Kodak, you can get it right. Kodak pictures really shine with living colors every time. Just look around, surprise your rise and keep the thought that's in your life. Kodak color, we all feel. Kodak living color every time. Changing light,
3: sudden movement. You still get Vibrant Color with Code of Color VR200, a brilliant all round film.
2: Correct Living Color,
1: Every time.
0: <laughs> Take it away, Leslie Lazenby. Leslie's going to talk, be talking about two films now available in the U.S. We've talked about them before, but now we're going to talk about them in a little more detail. Take it away, Leslie.
1: Great, thanks. I'm going to just start off because these films, you think of a, a one's consumer, one's professional. <laughs> but what is consumer and what is professional? These are Kodak films. I will be specifically talking about the Color Plus. And depending on my mood, if I'm feeling bougie, I will say Pro-Image. <laughs> yes. If I'm feeling not, I'll say Pro-Image. I could interchange them while we're talking. But let's start off with the consumer films for Kodak. Color print films. Originally called Color then Codacolor X and Color 2. Codacolor 2 was the first C-41 film. We've got terms like Codacolor 400, Codacolor Gold, Ultramax, Codacolor VR. See VR. VR technology. This is important. This is the first color film with T grain technology, and it is still used today. And... Did you not tell me, Mike, mm-hmm. that the outside master carton on the color plus is marked VR? It certainly is. And I'm and having a flashback. No, VR is VR. That can't be VR. It's a technology, yeah. not a name. Yep. a brand. So
0: it's a type of type of film. It is type of yes, color technology.
1: Exactly. Grains are high. They smash them down. They got little flat grains. Less area, sharper film. That's it in a nutshell. But there was of Color VR. And then there was of color VRG. And lots of little gold, gold plus, color plus, all in between. And these are general purpose. I don't want to say consumer, but it, it they were made for the consumer market, obviously. General color purpose negative films. And they handle light in an expected way. They have one thing that really shines for a Kodak consumer color film is they have a good abuse tolerance factor built into them. You can cook the stuff. Mm -hmm. It can be outdated. And it just doesn't shift much. It gives average contrast average color rendition in normal light the grain is normal it's um everything is just rather on a solid line with it and it stays that way it has a color palette that you fully accept as being a normal color palette and i personally i I almost get a little offended you'll see someone say oh use ultra max 400 i would never use that stuff (laughs) and i don't know why not if you if you handle it If you don't abuse it, I mean like drastically under or drastically overexpose it. I have never minded using a Color Max or a Color Plus or a Code of Color film stock. If I'm putting a roll in, got to put some color film in, going to go to New Jersey, go to FPP and recording. I love this stuff. I'm going to put it in over Portra. Yeah, I'm going to. There's a reason for that. We'll, we'll get to it. We have the consumer line we have the professional line professional portrait ektar is not a, a consumer film and the pro image is in the professional asterisk (laughs) lineup of film. Professional color negative films give you different color palettes. They're not the same as consumer. They are, I almost call them tighter. They are definitely finer grain. Their renditions in odd lighting can be more accurate than a consumer film. But what they don't do is they don't take abuse. They don't tolerate it. Mm. You get portrait hot, it doesn't like. Things will shift on you quicker. It's because everything Is is tighter dialed in. It's always best to keep a professional color negative film refrigerated until close to the time to use it. If you ever notice, it has a lot shorter expiration date on it than a consumer film. Currently, in Kodak Alaris's lineup, you've got Ektar introduced in 1988. Their very first Ektar film was 1,000 speed only.
3: It is from Kodak. It delivers the highest resolution, microfine grain, superior image structure, for ultra-sharp detail. It is called Ektar. Ektar Film by Kodak. The genius is in the details. Ektar Film now comes in a new cartonless package in 25, 100, and 1,000 speeds.
1: Pretty trippy, but then they came out with the 25, 125, and the 1000. Ultra fine grain. It was intended to be a negative film that looked like Kodachrome. Mm-hmm. And it is. The colors are more saturated, more saturated than consumer, extremely high acutance. This stuff is sharp. It. Um, I personally. Here's here's my line. Oh, you can use Ektar for portraits. Ugh, it's my turn now. <laughs> I'm gonna use that for portraits. <laughs> but it, it, it's different today because we do scan and we can con- correct these minor things. But if you a few years ago, if you would have used Ektar for a portrait session with studio lights, you expected a lab when they returned your prints. The skin tone would have been too red. It's not what Ektar at all was made for. It's gone through some changes. At one time, it was called Royal Gold. The Ektar name was not around. Now it's back to Ektar. I personally love it for things like landscape, street work. In 120, it's fantastic in a box camera. Because it is snappier, it is oversaturated, not oversaturated, but highly saturated, it's great for an uncoated lens. It just brings back and gives you some pretty nifty stuff using it in a 100-year-old or more box camera in the 120 size. So the other official professional film is Portra, formerly called Vericolor. Oh! Formerly called Ektacolor, huh. And Ektacolor was their flagship Their very first designated professional color negative film. Many people today consider it just a general purpose film. Put in some Portra 400. Oh, I'm going to have to do it again. Oh No, really (laughs) it isn't. It is a flatter contrast film. Hmm. It is not snappy like Consumer. It is not snappy like uh, Ektar. Its color palette was specifically designed for skin tones. It is Nothing less than stunning for portraits, and formerly, when film was king of weddings, mm-hmm. um, you know rather than digital, portrait was it portrait is what everybody used. Why did they use it because of that slight bit lower contrast when you would photograph with it every little bead on a bride's gown would show up oh. on a consumer film that that was just um. Contrast was just enough higher that, that those type of things would just blend together as white. You photograph a wedding cake, and every little dot and every little loop will show up because it's a little bit lower contrast. Higher contrast, they just blend into each other. Kodak even had this term, and I remember a advertising piece Port, when Portra first came out, and they called the skin tones creamy. And they were. Creamy is just the absolute best word for it. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest reason why I like to keep portrait for portraits, rather than using it as a general purpose film. You just don't even know. It's like, oh, you put them down side by side with a color plus image, just the prints from them. You'll probably say, oh, I like this one better in a general situation. Mm. There again, I probably wouldn't use uh, color plus if I'm going to do some serious... Portrait shooting, studio strobes, things like that, where that color balance is ideal, that color temperature is ideal. Not so much a big deal if you're shooting available light outside with some fill flash. The differences aren't as nearly noticeable. And then we come up to, what the heck is this stuff called Pro Image? Pro Limage. Pro (laughs) Limage. 100 speed. Fine grain. Sure. It has a look that is a cross between Portra and Ektar. Reproduces greens a little bit better because both Portra and Ektar suffer in the green area. Hmm. Especially Portra, it's not what it's made for. It's not its palette. has a little bit more contrast or snap. It's not quite as flat as Portra. But the skin tones, unlike Ektar, the skin tones on this film are beautiful. It is, even though, on the box, it says Kodak Professional. Kodak will be the first to tell you that this is not a professional film. It's not in their professional lineup. And it does not have the price that goes along with the portrait or the professional films. So this is a cons- almost a consumer-priced, pro-look film. It is like you take Color Plus and throw it in a pot, and Portrait and throw it in a pot, and Ektar and throw it in a pot, and stir it all up, and you kind of get all the good things of all of those in this one film. It's really quite a remarkable film. It has more tolerance to abuse. It is not a one-all film does everything. Let's face it, if it was, they only need to produce one film. All films are made for specific reasons, for their palettes, for their contrast, literally specific reasons. They all certainly shine in their own area in the film world. So it's thrilling to see. It's not a new film. It's just new to us. It's not been available in many countries and I'm thrilled that, that FPP has it now. So am I.
0: I think it's really just a territorial thing that these are films made for originally hotter climates and enough consumer demand in the U.K. It went to the U.K. before it came to the North America.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And
0: then FPP listeners who were buying from the FPP store started sending me emails, and then I started sending emails to my Kodak rep saying, can I have this, can I have this, can I have this, can I have this? 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 this? Because it's made right here in Rochester.
1: Rochester? Yes.
0: (laughs) Why the heck can't, if it's made to Rochester, (laughs) why do I have to be buying it from Asia when it's right here in Rochester? (laughs) So, um, you know, a bunch of listeners that have been shooting it have been really loving it. And I started shooting Color Plus.
1: The first thing that you put up on it, the first thing I noticed was the. Excellent skin tones on it. Mm-hmm. I think I even commented, I said the skin tones are just nailed. They're mm. perfect. And did you scan them yourself? I did. How were they to scan? Easy to e- scan? Yes. Wonderful. Yes. You can make any film look like almost anything today by scanning them, but you got to sit there and tweak, tweak, and tweak. Yeah. And that's not the point. A good, quick scan and it nails it. There are also quite a
0: few videos on YouTube where shooters are ta- singing the joys of shooting uh, the tradi- the films that were traditionally the cheaper films here that have been available forever. The current regular or budget films mm-hmm. are Kodak Gold 200 and Kodak Max 400. Yes. And lots of shooters are shooting Max 400 at 200.
1: Give a little more ex- exposure. A little, mm-hmm. little, little denser nag. Yeah. That helps to reduce the grain a little bit.
0: The Kodak underdog films, here you go, underdog, underdog, was always Max 400 and Kodak Gold yes. 200. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, cheap. Oh,
0: I'm not going sh- to shoot my model with that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think almost like the reverse is happening these days. Whereas I'm seeing lots and lots of videos of people shooting shooting with these budget films and getting wonderful results. So I'm thrilled that we now have well here in the US and specifically of course in the FPP online store Kodak Gold 200, Color Plus 200, which we now have established are different emulsions, yes, different formulas, mm-hmm. Pro Limage 100, that's Pro Image 100, and Max 400. And these are like under five bucks a roll for thirty-six exposures.
1: An awesome deal, and you're not sacrificing anything.
0: Yeah, you Thank can you. just
1: buy more of it. Keep shooting. Thank you, Leslie. You're welcome.
0: Hey, if you have any questions, you want to send us some of your pics from any of these uh, stocks, film stocks, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. dot com. I'd like to see some pictures rather than like just complaints. Yeah. Show us hey, there you go. Yeah, good
1: film. No, we sell good film.
0: We do get, and we have, we may have mentioned this on a previous show. We we do get, we don't, we don't get a lot, but we get a fair amount of questions about you know fogging, uh, fogging, light leaks. Um, I'm guessing it's just pe- folks that are just new to shooting, and that's why we're getting these.
1: I think you're right on that because then when we go through the 20 questions right. with them to find out, uh, they are definitely. I, think, I don't want to say beginners, but they're new to film photography. I think so. we're
0: getting the questions because I don't think anyone else is giving them an answer. <laughs> I mean, certainly the darkroom has dedicated customer service. Yes, they do. TheDarkRoom.com. But uh really quick, I don't want to make this a topic, but but please, before you send an email, uh don't play the the only blame game to play is to blame yourself.
2: Hmm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I truly mean that, like ninety nine point five percent of the time, user error, camera error. I've never seen the film stock. I never. Mean, and when we when we did, it was a Kodak T Max one hundred. Somehow there was a, a paper issue. And the backing the, paper. Backing paper. The backing papers on T Max. They've made or-
1: them shinier because it was the ink that they used not the backing paper mm. it was the ink that they used that reacted use it quick you're fine but the longer it stays longer that it, you have it around yeah. so you could still have some of these that show up but i mean kodak yeah. is quick quick they, to mm-hmm.
0: quick to action they did a recall Max 100 uh, in the year, maybe it was twenty sixteen. I mean, it wasn't available for like a whole year. That happens so rarely. And if you're using a, a, a commercial lab, the darkroom, Blue Moon Photo, uh, old school photo lab, Dwayne's Photo, um, Miller's, Miller's, uh, Boutique Fo- Fo- Film Lab, <laughs> no, they call the boutique. <laughs> I mean, it's everybody. It's does. unlikely. It's the lab. So what does that mean? It's the last thing you think. Everyone's like. <laughs> <laughs> not me, man.
1: Can't be, me. Can't be my camera. It can't
0: be my camera. Not me, man. It's not me. No. It's not me, man. Mm-mm. And the awesome topic which we covered a while back, cumulative cumulative Damn. light. Because I am guilty of it. You take your film out of the out of the camera in a canister, you put it on a kitchen counter, right. not in a canister, yep. not in your camera bag, nope. and it sits there. Because you forget to send it to the lab Sure. Like, day goes by, day mm-hmm. in, day out, day in, day
1: out. Oh, Oh wait! I get another roll. Yeah. Oh, I I get another roll. Two years later, I've got some fogging on here. Yeah. This is fogging stuff on here. Take the blame. You just put a blog up on FPP, didn't you, about light piping? Yes, you did. Yep. Check it out if you have any questions about what it is or uh, what it is, what it 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 will be, where it's at. How'd you get it? I don't need it. I don't want it.
0: As my movie film cumulatively collects lights because of your light. Dang
1: it! I gotta be able (laughs) to see. It's like cave in here.
0: Hey, when we come back, we're going to be talking about something.
2: Setting off to find America Gonna take my own sweet time to find America Coda Color VR Films, capturing America in all its glorious colors And everywhere I see People smiling back at me, so glad to be in America
0: as time goes by, I'm uh, working on my slate here Yes. for my, my next big movie. Your next big movie? Yeah, I've been making, I'm making, been making big movies. Big movies. It's been how, a big how, year.
2: How big? How big are these movies? They're pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we call you Dino?
0: Yes. Ever since I won my major award, yeah, <laughs> I've been <laughs> a big shot filmmaker,
2: Mr. De Laurentiis.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, each movie's like two, three minutes. I put on YouTube, and they pay me. Pennies.
1: <laughs>
0: the pennies they pay me, they don't even pay for my film stock.
1: Don't forget, please click that subscribe button and like, and mm. share it with your friends.
0: Who says that? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Welcome, welcome to my channel. Oh, I love
0: yeah. it. Major name. networks do this. I, they get like Al Roker and all these guys, like to pantomime too, like Al Roker pointing out, like, click the yes. subscribe button oh, yeah. or click the links below. Oh. And I'm thinking, I'm watching this on TV. What are you talking
2: about?
0: <laughs> but anyhow film photography tube uh even if you don't watch youtube hey can you can you like just like sign in and give us a like subscribe give us a subscribe
1: yeah share it with your friends on social media
0: by the way the no crumbs the reason the no crumbs is because about a year and a half ago i would be in here on like on a sunday rolling film and just out of the corner of my eye just like like just a dash like what like did i see something and then I'd, I'd relocate to another part of the building. I'm just like sitting, working at a table. And then there'd be a doorway in front of me. And I'd just see, like a mouse just like run across the door. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, damn. I can't.
1: I'm like,
0: oh, man. So then I, you know, called an exterminator. And a guy, the guy, very much like a John Goodman kind of guy. You know, Kimmy, yeah. Yep, yep. probably a family in here.
2: Oh, <laughs>
0: You know, well, we I saw a mouse. Oh, no, you probably have a lot more than that. <laughs> so then I started looking around the facility, and there are, like, you know, I found literally huge holes in the wall. Like, over there by the bathroom, there's a mm-hmm. wooden panel, if you pull it out. It used to be an actual huge hole that when this was an industrial complex, a pipe went through. Oh. So the it was just... I pull the panel back. I saw the hole, looked in, and you see nothing but mouse droppings. And by the way, mice aren't very smart. Mice are not like rats. Yeah. Mice, like, you know, they just poop anywhere. (laughs) They poop on your desk. They they don't care. (laughs) I got the landlord to fill in all the concrete holes. Mm -hmm. Massive holes, all filled in. We put those sweepers under the door. Yes. You know, they're like Mm -hmm. fuzzy sweepers. Yes. And... I swept up all those fucking (laughs) crumbs.
1: Because they wouldn't come in if there was nothing to eat.
0: Yes, true. Uh Uh, But you know
1: what you need? What's that? A
2: cat. (coughs) All this is is caused by UFOs.
0: (coughs) I actually thought about...
1: A shop cat. I
0: actually thought about a shop cat. You know, maybe folks listen, listening for a very long time. Uh-huh. <sighs> I was horribly traumatized I know. by a pet problem yeah. at home. It became a problem. At one point, I had, f- oh, Ugh. at least 13 cats. Oh,
2: my gosh.
0: Yeah, back in the 90s. And
1: where were you living? L- living you weren't up. living on the farm.
0: Uh, I was up in the hills, I was in Vernon, New Jersey. So I was up in the house. We
1: were at, in an apartment. A house. A house. They
0: destroyed the house. Uh, yes. That's why see people have different think, different different visuals in their mind when you say different phrases, like when, digging to China. Mm-hmm. That's when you close the door to bed your bedroom to keep cats out. Yes. And you know, at night you you open the door in the morning and the rug is just dug out to the floor underneath they were just digging to china <laughs> listen i uh, listen cats dogs fish whatever all great i'm just telling you folks at home i've i've put in my time i worked at the local animal shelter i worked rescue animals oh. i had a rescue home <laughs> <laughs> you know i've done it And now I live in a a condo, no pets, and I just feel like that part of my life is over. So, so getting back to the shop, the shop shop cat cat. would be a great idea because once you have one shop cat, I I swear to God, I'd come in one day. There'd be some other freaking cat outside. (laughs) I guarantee you. Just say no. I I don't feed them. Yes, just 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 so I I just I don't people and and people have offered me like over like hey you want no no.
1: What if I traveled with mine sometime? Do you mind them on a temporary basis? No. Sorry. No traveling?
0: Nope. Even the schmoop? And when I had all those cats, it just got worse and worse. Like my friend Bashir, he comes over one day. He's like, oh, my kid doesn't want this uh, hamster anymore. You take it. What do I say? Okay. (laughs) The cats can play with it. No, cats are fine. What am I doing on a Sunday? Changing the hamster. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Anyhow, if you have pet problems, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. I guarantee you I have an answer.
1: <laughs> Amongst all of us here, we've got one of everything. And when I,
0: oh, I visit people, and they it's have my like, house. and they have two cats, yes. I'm like, oh, okay. And I, uh-huh. I say right I say right to their face, I'm like, stop it right here. Because like, well, we're thinking, no. No. Just, you got to know your limit. I told my friend the track man that. I said, I'm like, well, enough with these cats. He has three. I'm like, that's it. Stop take it from me. I'm like, I hey, maybe put my hand on his shoulder. Take <laughs> it from me. Don't do it. Hey, listen, don't, I don't want any hate mail. If you have 15 cats, oh, what What hate mail can I, I had it, I did it. Yeah. I didn't euthanize any of them. They all lived their, their normal life, you know, so, you know, it was all fine, but, you know, enough is enough. On that note, <laughs> thank you, Joseph Grunges, for sending treats. Mm, thank you, Sean Nelson, for sending treats. Uh, Thank you, Rosemary Hawkins. Yes. For, were we supposed to read her letter?
1: I think we're going to wait. Okay. We're, we're
0: going to get back with you, Rosemary. Okay. Thank you, Rosemary Hawkins, for sending that beautiful camera. <gasps> so what's happening, at first I was uh, hoarding it. It was here uh, in the FPP.
1: Maybe we should just go ahead and it's quick. Okay.
0: Hmm. Well, anyhow, this beautiful, Leslie's going to describe the camera, but at first I was like, oh my God, I'm going to shoot this, but when Leslie came over...
1: She said, Mike, can I borrow this? Actually, I read this letter. Oh, you did read it? it Yes. Hi, Mike. You're very welcome. Yes, I sent that wooden 120 panoramic camera to you, I think in December. The camera was invented by Cesari. Oh, flip it. Bartzek.
0: Yeah. That's the Etsy site where she bought the camera. They're still available. Uh,
1: If you remember correctly. Yes. This is a Vermeer camera. Oh, you know all about this I do
0: well let me guess this is the is this isn't the same guy of the pinhole camera that you gifted me Wow, uh-huh,
1: oh, beautiful by the way, I still have he it. invents pinhole it? cameras. I yes. think Leslie mentioned them once or mentioned him once in an older podcast. I put the lens on it uh it's kind of too large for me to handle, so I thought you folks might enjoy it. Yes, glad you like it. I agree. it is gorgeous. Leslie agrees. It is gorgeous. I've got black and blue marks fighting off Mark DeZell because he wants it now.
0: Oh, he- no, 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 no. Oh, oh no, it's not Because happening. after it comes back, then I take it out for a spin.
1: Yeah, if it comes back. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll come back. And she gave the Etsy address, but you can put in Vermeer cameras. Uh, have a great week. I'm looking forward to more great shows. Best wishes, Rosemary. Rosemary. I gotta say it, woman. You're just a doll. You've you've listened forever, supported us forever. We just love you. Die hard. We love forever. We love you to pieces. So it just everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening, Rosemary. The camera's beautiful. Even if you didn't send the camera, it's all great. It's all good, and we love you.
0: Yeah, you know there are FPP listeners. I mean, they come, they go, they come, they go. But then there's like the diehards, who I like. I can't even believe after so many years. Send. Such a beautiful... Now, this camera is a big camera. I'm surprised. Why did this appeal to you, Leslie?
1: Oh, uh, it's a camera. Okay. Anything, anything except the Lubatel 2 appeals to me. This, this, this is... This, <laughs> Sorry, Jennifer Zane. <Zena. laughs> I know. This shoots like four frames on a roll of 120 film. Are you going to do a full review? I think I'll do a full review on this. who invented it, where you could buy them. Sure, absolutely. I have. I, I, I can't wait to, to try this out. I love short rolls of film. I love shooting 12s or 15s, stuff oh, i roll rolled my own. It's so, great, right? You go out, I just have to get done. four shots. It, it, now I've got four shots and I'm done. Now, Bubble it, level on top. This is actually, they, they put uh, a little number brass tab on the back because each one of them is numbered. These cameras are just... Now, Stunning. This camera—it's
0: a wooden, large wooden panoramic camera with a large format, 90 millimeter lens on mm-hmm. it. There's no eyepiece. How do you, how will you frame your picture?
1: Look how wide it is. So how will Look you? How wide it will is. You
0: basically hold, like just peek behind it and.
1: You know, knowing me, probably what I'll do is I'll put either a piece of tissue paper or something over the back without the back on just to view through it. It's not going to be the best image, but it's going to give me initially looking straight ahead at my scene, something familiar across the street from the courthouse or something. Okay, this is super wide. And I'll mentally have that width as a little bit of a guidance in my head. But that's going to be kind of the part of the fun of this. I won't know what I get until I process the film. And I think that's, mm. for me, that's why I liked infrared. You never know what was on the film till you developed it. Will
0: you shoot color or black and white?
1: I'll initially do black and white because I'll want to see it right away. And I'll probably develop it in my lab box. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't gotten it yet, but I think they're very close. But I can't wait. I mean, the lens on it itself is beautiful. So the the results on this have to be just Incredible. It's got a Schneider lens on it, Is this a super? Yep, super angulon, ninety millimeter. But you know, it's not a super wide lens, but the the opening in the back is super long. It's panorama. I love that too. It's gonna to be so much fun to play with. Thank you, Rosemary. And on that note.
0: We're going to sign off. We'll be back very soon. And uh, as I mentioned, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Uh, Leslie and Mark, thank you very much for coming down to over, coming over to New Jersey.
1: Sure. You're welcome.
0: Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see everyone super soon. You know what? I should pull out audio from Darren where he's reviewing Five Guys.
1: <laughs> 16 pounds 70.
0: All right. So Five Guys is a... <laughs> five Guys is a... a a chain of, they specialize, you get a burger. It's like, you know, there's no choice what you want. You get the burger, the fries in the sack, and a coke. a cup.
1: Fries in a cup. Right. So you Chips get three things.
0: <laughs> and it's notoriously expensive.
1: Yeah.
0: So, I didn't know they had them in the UK. I didn't either. So here's Darren Riley. And of course, you could find uh, Darren's music. Google search Darren Ballard Riley Music. It's on Bandcamp. You'll find it. You'll find
1: it. And you'll also enjoy his uh, 2D flat artwork, too. Very much so.
0: Yes. He's Darren Draws Pictures.
1: We'll put that in the show notes. What show? (laughs) Okay. We'll
0: talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Plastic. The Patsy's belly meets. Cheap burgers are the greatest uh, they really are a treat it shouldn't be organic it must be engineered Assembled in a factory A thousand miles from here Across the ocean, above the troposphere. Occupi- yeah. Cheap burgers, <tr <qualidade noise> cheap burgers, cheap burgers, cheap burgers, cheap burgers, cheap burgers, cheap burgers, cheap burgers. Give me all you got, give me everything on top. I'm getting deep I need cheap burgers.